Transmitting from the lovely little city of Taylor, Texas, you are listening to Plow and Hose, a show dedicated to the joys and challenges of organic backyard gardening in Central Texas. I am your host, Julie Rydell. Welcome to the show. Hey there, plant people. Thank you for joining me today here in my sweet little hometown, Taylor, Texas. It is the tail end of January, and I've been kind of reflective and looking back, the whole month has really been pretty blah and cold. And even when we've had nice sunny days, there's still chill in the air and sometimes downright cold. And it's not very appealing to get outside, at least when um, I have the opportunity to be outside. Now, my chickens and my bunnies are outside, so I still have to check on them every morning. And every morning I get all bundled up so that I can go outside and take care of them. The bunnies are on one side of the backyard and the chickens are on the other. So each morning I have to drag myself across the yard and you know we have a nice size lot i mean it's nothing too crazy but it does feel more like a chore when it's dark and cold in the mornings and the grass is wet and when i'm crossing the yard my pant legs get damp and then i start feeling cold Anyway, it's not my favorite way to start the day, but I've got to do it. So I just suck it up, get my chore done. And I don't like feeling this way. I, I mean, I love being in my backyard and walking around and tending plants and weeding and watering. I really enjoy observing all the changes that take place. But here we are. We're in the middle of winter and nothing very interesting is going on in my garden right now. Everything is still dead or dormant. The trees are bare and thanks to these cold snaps that we've had, we've had a few, um, few nights that got down below freezing. I am down to just two sad looking lettuce plants and then two short rows of onions out in the garden. The other things I planted have died. And I really miss having a full lush green garden. Also, this week has been a bit crazy too. Obviously still in the pandemic, work has been kind of weird. There's like a strange vibe or there was a strange vibe last week. And then I also had a couple other really stressful things um, happen and I've been feeling out of sync. So between those things and missing my backyard routine, um, I've been out of sorts this week. But that said, I'm optimistic. I know things will get better 
and winter is not gonna last forever. And it's just really around the corner. So thank God for that. Even though the conditions aren't what I consider ideal, if I look around, there's still plenty I can do. I have some beds to clean out. I need to pull out um, the fall tomatoes because I still have not done that. And for those beds, I need to add some fresh compost. And depending on um, how they look after I get everything um, pulled up, I might need to even build up those beds with some additional soil. But I'm not going to know until I dedicate the time to go out and just do it. I also really have to get over some sour feelings that I've been having uh, concerning losing my broccoli and pretty much all of the lettuce to those freezes. Because in spite of my efforts to get out there and cover my plants, I failed. It didn't work out. It was my fault because I didn't secure my coverings around my plants well enough. And I definitely did not take into account um, the wind speed. The winds were crazy that very first frost uh, and, and the freeze, that, that very first one that we had. And they blew my coverings off onto the ground. And as a result, it really was too cold for them and they did die. Well, luckily for me though, I can replant and there is a lot I can put in because it's still a really great time of the year for planting cool season plants. All of these plants that I'm about to tell you about can stand the cooler weather and even if the temperatures get back down into the freezing, just as long as we make sure that we protect them well. Now until the end of February is the perfect time to plant all these things out in the veggie beds. We can plant artichoke crowns, Asian greens, asparagus crowns. We can plant beets and carrots and chard and collard greens, kale, kohlrabi, leeks, lettuce, mustard, onions, English peas, here pretty soon we'll be able to plant spring potatoes, radishes, spinach, and turnips. And if you can find them, we can also plant any transplants of all of those plants, but especially broccoli, cabbage, and cauliflower. Those will definitely need to be planted from transplants at this time of year. Organic gardening can be challenging and frustrating, but if you stick with it, it's really satisfying and rewarding. It does take a bit of commitment to nurture plants to keep them healthy and productive. For vegetables and annual flowers, it's a really short commitment. It's just one growing season. Now, perennials, shrubs, and trees are longer-term commitments, but they don't need much once they get established. For the most part, it's really not like getting a puppy or having a baby. So if you, your plants die, it's okay. It's fine. That happens. Unfortunately, there's no like deep moral implications if you fail at that. 
it doesn't mean that you have a black thumb and you should give up. But I do understand that uh, it can be discouraging to kill plants, but it's not personal. It's actually a pretty good sign that you need to do some things differently. Nature gives us clues all the time on, on what's needed. We just need to be watching for them and figure out what's wrong and then take action. Sometimes it's too late, but you'll remember next time and then you'll become a better gardener. You don't have to be a soil scientist or have a degree in horticulture to be successful, which is really good for me because I don't have any sort of science background. I've had a lot of dumb luck growing things and probably just as many failures. But if you like plants and you want to have a productive organic garden, keep at it, keep learning, and don't stop paying attention to what's going on in your garden. Planning and preparing are the two most important things you can do for your garden. Knowing when to plant is essential for gardening success in Central Texas because we have longer stretches of high temperature weather, more so than other parts of the country and more so than even other parts of Texas. Here in Central Texas, we are also prone to drought conditions all year long, but especially during the hottest times of the year. So it's really important to know the correct planting time. When I started learning about gardening, I'd hear folks talk about seasonal gardening and seasonal planting. And it was confusing to me because it's counterintuitive to me. But the seasonal name of your garden is actually the name of the harvest time. A spring garden is what you get to harvest in the spring. This actually means that you have to start planting your garden in winter. I don't know who decided this, but that's the way it is. Just remember, your garden is always named for the harvest season, not when you need to plant. If you want to harvest in the spring, you need to plant now in the winter. I find it confusing, but luckily we have access to some really great resources to help us understand when to plant seeds and transplants. The very best planting guide that I've come across is the Vegetable Garden Planting Guide provided by Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Offices, both for Travis and Williamson County. Both county websites have a file that you can download. It's a simple one-page spreadsheet that lists all of the popular crops down the left side. And all the months are across the top of the spreadsheet. And the planting windows are highlighted for each of those um, crops during the various planting times. So let's say you want to plant some corn. Look for corn on the left. And then run your eyes across that line and look to the right until you come across the perfect planting months. So for corn, you'd find the best time to plant corn is March through the end of April. If you keep going on that on the corn line, 
you'll see that you can plant corn again in late July through early August. I really like this file. It is so easy to understand. It's all on one piece of paper and it's all in one place. I think it's great. I really like this so much that I have a couple of laminated copies so they don't get messed up. But you know, if you don't live in uh, Travis or Williamson County, but maybe in a neighboring county in Central Texas, you know, that's fine. You can check out your county's extension um, website for their planting guides, see what they have. But you can use the Williamson or the Travis County planting guides for Bell County, Milam County, Bastrop, and Hayes counties. All of these counties in Central Texas have the same climate and essentially the same horticultural zone, zone A. I'm sorry, zone 8, either 8A or 8B. There are some slight regional differences, but you can use the planting guide from Williamson County Extension Office. If you follow the planting advice from this guide, you'll have more success and less disappointment because you're gonna feel more confident that you planted at the correct time. Planting at the right time not only sets you up for success, but also helps you um, to have to keep from providing extra protection from temperature and moisture stress. It's also gonna make gardening easier for you and your plants will be more productive. You are listening to Plow and Hose on KBSR Black Sparrow Radio. If you are enjoying my show, I hope you'll go over to www.blacksparrowmusicparlor.com and check out the station and learn all about the great shows and music all coming out of our station broadcasting from Taylor, Texas. While you are out on the internet, be sure to stop by the Plow and Hose Facebook page or the Instagram and like and share it with your gardening friends or head over to where you get your podcast and subscribe to the Plow and Host podcast. If you like the flexibility of being able to play, pause, and rewind my show whenever you want, download some episodes and leave a little review. It doesn't take very long. It, it's going to help others find my show. And it lets folks know that Plow and Hose is a pretty decent show. All right. Planting at the correct time is also really important because plants need time to get established. It's harder to fail at gardening if your plants have a strong root system. A healthy root system is really important to keep the top parts of your plants alive. When they get stressed from heat or cold, disease or damage, a healthy plant with a healthy root system is more likely to be able to recover. Plants thrive in healthy, well-draining, fertile soil. Now here in Taylor and this part of Central Texas, we've got heavy black clay soil and it's pretty sensitive to moisture changes and it compacts easily. It contracts and expands. Clay is very fine and the particles are super small and when they get wet they can comp um, it compresses the clay particles and they stick together and leaves left space for air it gets kind of sticky 
if there isn't enough organic matter in the soil, the soil dries out and then you have lumpy, hard soil. So if you are planning to plant directly into the ground, you will need to make sure that you add plenty of organic um, matter like compost to enrich the soil. This will help keep the soil nice and loose and well draining. In-ground gardening is really great once you get your area prepared. It's less expensive since you don't have to buy containers or soil or materials to make a raised bed, but it can be more challenging to keep out like surrounding turf grass that you might have. Um, that turf grass is really going to love that amended soil and it's going to creep in. So you'll likely want to have some edging or a barrier to help that grass from creeping into your nicely amended soil. In-ground plants are going to be low on the ground and that, that can make it difficult um, to harvest, especially if you have any mobility issues. So you may want to consider elevating your plants by putting in raised beds or planting in containers. And for veggies and specialty plants that have different soil needs, um, container gardening raised beds might be a better deal for you. Raised beds are nice if you want your plants up off the ground so you aren't bending over as much or on your knees for like weeding and planting. The downside is, is that they are more expensive to start because you have to use wood or landscape blocks or other materials to build a raised bed. And then you still have to fill it with good quality soil. And all that of course has to be done before you can even plant anything. So you gotta plan ahead. Growing produce in raised beds is preferable in Central Texas just because of our soil type. Raised beds are great because you get to control what's in the soil. You're starting from scratch and you can adjust the content more easily than in-ground gardening. You can buy bagged or bulk raised bed mix and just and fill your beds with all with that or you know you can even make your own blend um, for central texas a good formula for do-it-yourself raised bed mix is 50 percent topsoil 40 percent compost and 10 percent soilless growing mixture um, something that has perlite or vermiculite core fiber, peat moss, bark, and sand. Look for a soilless growing mix like that to include in your DIY mix. Now, the topsoil can be the really cheap stuff. Compost will enrich that topsoil, and then your soilless mixture and other amendments will help keep your raised bed mixed light and airy, but it's also going to improve water retention and drainage. Raised bed mix also works for most of your container grown plants, except for like cacti and succulents. Those guys have different soil needs. So if you're planting those in pots, they will need a different soil mixture specifically for cacti and succulents. So get that instead of trying to use um, raised bed mix for cacti and 
succulents. It can be a little expensive when you first get started, but think of it as an investment in your gardening hobby. And think of all the joy that you'll get spending outside tending your plants and harvesting all kinds of fresh foods just right outside of your back door. Your raised beds don't have to be super fancy or custom built. They don't have to be magazine worthy. They just need to contain quality soil for your plants. Here at my house, we use cinder blocks for our raised beds. And I'm not crazy about the way they look. And honestly, I think they're hideous. To me, they look what I imagine a Soviet playground looks like. I don't know. They are utilitarian and durable. And we have had the same beds for several years with those cinder blocks. I hardly even notice how ugly they are. That's a total lie. They look awful, especially now that it's winter time and I have a bad attitude. But they have lasted a really long time and they've served us well. And once springtime and summertime comes around, I notice my happy, healthy plants more than I do the ugly cinder blocks. So we've talked this time about when to plant, planting at the right time and where to plant. Got to make some decisions about in ground or in raised beds or containers and talked about soil. But what about the top of the soil? Now you could leave it exposed and bare, or you could give your plants a little more protection by adding a layer of mulch. Mulch is a layer of material that has been placed on the surface of the soil. Mulch may be the best thing you can do for plants. A nice layer of mulch will keep the weeds down. Mulch also acts like insulation. So when it's cold, it helps keep the soil and the roots warm. When it's hot, it helps keep the soil cool and moist. Plants will be a lot less temperature stressed if they have some climate and moisture control for their roots. Like I said, it's harder to fail at gardening if your plants have a strong, healthy root system. Mulch is gonna help support that goal. It's gonna help keep the soil from drying out too quickly, so you'll also be conserving water. You'll use less water. A nice layer of mulch is gonna keep those weeds down Mulch breaks down over time and it decomposes and that adds extra nutrients to your beds. There's lots of things that can be used as mulch. It doesn't have to be the fancy bagged hardwood mulch. Those are nice and they function the same as other options. They are nice because they can add a finished look to your flower beds and also help define your planting space, but you don't have to use bagged mulch. You can use leaves, you can use grass clippings, you can use straw and pine needles, you can use shredded newspaper, even cardboard can be used as mulch. They all work the same way. They suppress weeds, retain moisture, and insulate. 
I've even used paper from the shredder as mulch. It can look kind of weird, um, white household paper shreds, but you can put that down first and always cover it with another material like straw or bark mulch. It breaks down really quickly and the soil really loves it. I also um, kind of like it because I'm using those shredded bills and I think that's just kind of funny to let nature decompose my bills. Puts them to good use. Turn it into plant food. Some folks use hay for mulch. Being a natural material and it's fairly fine compared to mulch, I mean to bark mulch, it does make a decent mulch. The only downside is that it can be really full of undesirable seeds and it may be treated with agricultural chemicals that you don't want in your garden. It just depends on where you get it and if they can tell you about it. If you plan to stick to organic principles for your garden, make sure that your hay hasn't been treated with anything you don't want in your garden. And just be prepared to deal with weeds that pop up as a result from the hay seeds. So two or three inches of mulch around your plants in your beds will make your plants happy while making things easier for you. Easy gardening is what I want. I don't want to have to baby my plants unnecessarily. I want to give them what they need and when they need it. If this is a goal for you, I know it's achievable. And there are some key things to do to simplify your gardening experience. Planning, so thinking about what you want to grow and when it needs to be planted is really important. You also want to set yourself up for success with good growing conditions with healthy, well-draining, fertile soil. And don't forget to mulch to help maintain soil temperature and moisture. There are so many variables that play into a successful garden. Some of them you can control, some of them you can't. But visiting your plants daily and paying attention and being observant will help you adjust to those variables, including insects and diseases and weird weather. It might take a few efforts to find your gardening groove, but I think it's really worthwhile for you to keep trying. Just remember, every new season is a fresh start and an opportunity to adjust, correct, and try new ways of doing things. It takes time and patience to nurture growth. If it doesn't work out, you can always rip it up. Start again. Production assistance provided by KBSR, Black Sparrow Radio. Original music created by Alex Cuervo. Discover more of his music at alexcuervo.tv. If you love plants and gardening in Central Texas, be sure to click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and never miss seasonal information on Plow and Hose. Plow and Hose is written and recorded at my home in Taylor, Texas.